Okay, okay. So, hello again. Glad to be here to another episode of that IT Show podcast. I yes, think that hello. I think that you have something that you want to talk about today. I want to do a short I, I will, uh, let's say we call it a short deep dive. <laughs> on on uh, so let's try to be const- uh, let's try to be constructive and let's say so shallow deep water shallow deep water so extremely shallow uh, channel into deep water okay so what I'm trying to uh, what I'm trying to what do I want to talk about today mm-hmm. can you be too old to be employable in IT okay I so uh, is there a point where you are too old and too mm-hmm. experienced to be employable in today's IT business. Okay. Because what I see from the perspective of somebody who is two-thirds there. Uh, two-thirds to what? To pension. Retirement. The retirement. Okay. So, uh, Say it out loud. Be proud of it. So uh, somebody who is basically two-thirds there, I see that a lot of companies today prefer younger people mm-hmm. uh, for two reasons. First, they... Uh, are much better fit into the company culture of today's world because whatever that is yes so basically don't they don't talk about uh, how it was and how it should be done but they uh, listen to the instructions of um, other people who are as young as they and the other thing is that uh, older people in IT tend to have experience and knowledge that requires uh, them to be paid better Okay, absolutely so basically, agree with you. Basically, they require a higher compensation. Uh, so the new word is not pay the compensation for their work. Lord help. So they want to be compensated better. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, in the gig environment. And uh, we are all happy people working from home. This is something that a lot of companies say they are not willing to pay. Mm-hmm. So they are uh, discriminating against people with uh, superior experience, superior uh, knowledge, and basically who are older. Okay. Do you think this is a problem? And do you see this this, this problem? Because this it, it could be that it's only me. It's not only you. But I see two sides of that story, both as a, somebody who used to employ some people and as a person who is employed right now, just like you are. But I, I also see some, let's say, um, wider, let's say, stories that are part of that uh, that conundrum that you, you just mentioned. I completely agree with you. You're on, on, on point. Uh, the thing is that in the background of the reason of the salary or the compensation is the thing that's called capitalism. Capitalism always is, is always going to try to get something for cheap and sell it for expensive. So get, get it cheaply and then say it, uh, sell it for a lot of something. That that is also directly, uh, let's say, relatable to the 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 way in which the salaries are uh, given as well. From that perspective, younger people. In, in that, let's say, hierarchy are, are always going to get paid less. This is not the case now, by the way, with some of the changes that happened, especially during COVID era and in the past couple of years, that situation has changed quite a bit, I would say. I have a very recent, actually from yesterday, experience of talking about this with one of our students that uh, we're going to discuss later. Uh, you just reminded me of that. 
Okay. And then if you look at it from the other direction, uh, if you look at it from the perspective of, uh, let's say, older or more mature people, or okay. people who are two-thirds of the way there, just to pardon the pun, um, there are a lot of different types of jobs in which the level of knowledge of the, the about the things that you have or I have is not necessary. We talked about this when we were talking about, for example, chat GPT network configuration and similar stuff. There are a lot of these, let's say, repetitive automated, automatic jobs that you do on a daily basis, like installing a laptop or connecting a network or configuring a VLAN on a switch, whatever that can be done by, by a toddler today, basically, if you, if you teach that toddler, said toddler to do that. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, you are absolutely correct in saying that this kind of creates a discriminating position for the older people because they don't get employed as much. And this is especially discriminating because of the skill set. Okay, let me make a counterpoint. Uh, first, wouldn't it be better from the standpoint of uh, pure capitalism mm -hmm. to do a cost-benefit analysis and say, okay, I need to pay a person uh, better but he's going to be much faster in doing what uh, needs to be done. And he's going to have the deeper knowledge that is going to enable him to lead the team that is going to be able to solve problems faster. You do realize that I said exactly the same thing two months ago in one of the episodes. Yes, but we are now talking in this episode. So yeah. let's, now go, uh, let's not create an index and uh, yeah, yeah, li yeah. link to the previous episode. I agree with you now as I agree with, uh, agreed with you then because I have the same opinion as you. I'm just trying to explain, not to validate a reason why that happens. Okay. There's a distinction between them. Okay, okay. And on to make a counterpoint on the other thing, uh, the skill set that older people have, older people, more experienced people have, is usually not only in the domain knowledge, mm -hmm. it's also uh, involves a lot of uh, tangential, tangential things that are actually- Finesses. Finesse and tangential things that are uh, loosely connected to the job they are doing, but it enables them to do the job much uh, better, much quicker, and uh, all things being equal, basically cheaper. Because you are able to uh, create an environment in which a person can do a lot of things with help of other people uh, that wouldn't be able to be done with a much bigger team if mm -hmm. the team was younger. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. I want to say two things to this. Bear with me on this one. So the first thing, um, I recently sent you a link to a YouTube podcast uh, inside of you. I think it's called Where Jonathan Frakes Was, the, okay. the, the guest. Basically, he talks about a lot of the stuff that we just described from his perspective of being a producer and director. And at what point in that episode, he says very eloquently, as he is, that uh, once when he was directing something or producing something, he said to himself, semi-loudly, oh, Lord, uh, 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 the, uh, the benefit of experience, you know, but, and there's a big but there. Uh, having multiple people versus one people or three people doing the job that one pe person can do, etc. It's a difficult mathematics to or statistics to master. And yes. 
that kind of cost analysis is not in the mind of a company owner or HR department or something like that. They're looking, uh, th- th- this is the, the, let's say, c- kind of like a sickness of the modern age. They are looking for fast solutions to, to their problems without thinking about medium or longer term. Okay, but uh, what happens if the HR that we are talking about is basically on the wagon be of being young, being uh, let's break things and see what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Let's not create solutions. Let's just uh, break down the problems and then see what is going to happen. So uh, I think that from the start, this HR team is going to then choose younger people. Correct. They're going to be biased towards younger people. Yes. And this is going to Because cre- people are uh, fundamentally, it's in our DNA to look for similar yes yes similarities with people to connect to them which is irrational yet oftentimes correct but not necessarily in work yes yeah, so my question is uh do we need to feel uh gendered or uh do i have to call myself it will be called probably age divergent in <laughs> just today's world so am i too old to get a job mm-hmm And do I need to hope that uh, me getting a job is not going to evolve talking to HRs? Okay. The second part of what I wanted to say, which flows very nicely into your question, and bear with me on this. I remember some 10 plus years ago, there was this uh, Top Gear episode about uh, Eagle Speedster. Yes. A very modern reincarnation or redo of uh, a very famous Jaguar. Okay. Okay. Which costs... Uh, I remember the show, they said that it costs something like 800,000 pounds back then. Okay. Okay, that's not the point. The point is that in that uh, specific segment of the of the show, Jeremy Clarkson, the, the host, the host, told us a story about something that's completely relatable to what we're discussing here, which is that car has a very specific rounded glass. Then it has a specific visor then it has certain details. And when you look at it, just from cinematic perspective, because that's a part of that show is cinema experience. You understand the words that he is saying, you see that in the cinema aspect of that. And then he says, the biggest problem that we have with beautiful pieces of art like this, because that's actually art, what that car is, is the fact that most of the people who know how to produce this visor or, or that glass are, dead. are not that, they are in their 70s or 80s and soon are going to be, uh, you know, uh, behind the rainbow. That's completely applicable to IT as well. And it is going to become a problem. I must say that I see now a generation gap in the IT. I Me too. See, I see that uh, a lot of people who are, as, this, as, as we started to say, uh, two, two-thirds there. So uh, one day older and closer to uh, retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, uh, either stopped education, educating themselves mm-hmm. or basically completely gave up on trying to become a better IT person. Mm-hmm. So you have younger people who are trying to Uh, bite their way through, so fight enter their way the through, job market, enter the job and, market yeah. and do everything that is needed for them to uh, do so without any experience, but mm-hmm. they have the drive. Mm-hmm. We have a middle 
generation that is not so interested anymore because they mm-hmm. have reached a level where they are more or less satisfied with the comfortable more or less satisfied with the compensation mm-hmm. they are becoming complacent they don't care uh, they have their own lives that are more or less okay they are comfortable where they are and they don't want to strive for anything more and then there is all this is me off to no end yes and this is the reason why i'm co- keep getting the adjectives uh, in because i know <laughs> you that, want to enrage me <laughs> yes. yes and we have the third uh, piece of the puzzle so older people who are prepared to uh, to tell the stories and the experiences that they saw during the their employment and then there is nobody to listen to them yeah Uh, co- combining that with the answer to the previous question, if you're uh, looking for an answer about yourself, in my eyes, you are not unemployable. But that's me. Yes, but in me, the me. eyes in, in the eyes of this company as well that we work for, you are definitely not unemployable. That's obvious. I'm using it just as an example, not as a rule. Okay, but uh, we are not in a point to say that uh, what is the average, because in this particular environment, uh, the drive to educate yourself mm-hmm. is the main thing that uh, makes you employable. So uh, if you are able to uh, wake up each day and be uh, be prepared to learn something, mm-hmm. you are instantly employable here and it is going to be what uh, going to be done whatever your age is. I would argue then in academic jobs, regular ones on average, you are completely wrong and I know you're aware of that, but we are not an average institution yes. and we are not on every jobs. So most of the rules that I just mentioned do not apply to us. I'm co- completely with as, you. As I said, so we are an outlier. Yes, here. I agree. We are an outlier here. So yep. uh, uh, it doesn't make uh, sense to say, okay, we are employable here. Yeah. Because uh, from the standpoint of somebody who is doing some normal business, mm-hmm. we can be consultants, but we cannot do the uh, nine to five work anymore because they don't want these kind of people mm-hmm. uh, drawing the average uh, life, uh, the average uh, age of the employee up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the deal. I would argue that the requirement for these sorts of jobs shouldn't have anything to do with age. It should be connected to some kind of a mixture, an algorithm between the age, wisdom, knowledge, practical experiences, and the drive. Because what you lack in drive as you get older, you usually more than make up by experience and knowledge that you already accumulated. But the problem is, and you correctly define this, the problem is that you always have to go forward. You have to strive to get better every single freaking day. Now, to, more to the point, I'm going to go back to my metaphor for a second. Did you ever consider why I wanted to employ you? Mm. Apart from your rosy personality of being this, uh, you know, twen- I, I, 220-watt th- walt thing. I'm pinky, I'm pinky now. Uh, yeah. Am I? Yeah, you're okay. pinky and gray and, and a little bit more gray. I don't think that uh, this is a question that we can uh, discuss on this podcast. We can, because Because it's applicable to I know uh, quite a few things about me that make me an enjoyable person to work with. Hopefully you are now being both sarcastic (laughs) and realistic at the same time. Yeah, I I can openly say that you you, uh, 
I'm a great team uh, player. <laughs> <laughs> you annoyed the hell out of me more times than not, but it's not about that. It's, it, it's, it is creating the drive in you. It, no, it's not. You don't need to drive me. I'm driven by myself more than enough. But uh, But that's not the point. The point is, as you get older, you stop judging people because of their faults and only faults to the exclusion of everything else. Because you start realizing that if you constantly exclude people because of their faults, there is nobody left around you. And this is both egotistical and arrogant at the same time, because most times when you do that, you're basically uh, acting as if you are the image of what should be, and you are not, and you are not the measure of anything. This is why adult people stop analyzing that through the looking glass of themselves, okay? And uh, as I said, more times than not, every single freaking day, you piss the hell out of me, but that's not important to me. It's also fun in a way. Because that gives us the drive. give and take. No, the no, drive. Drive. The, the it, drive. Gives, it gives us the, the give and take. But back to the original point. I, I wanted to make this point not to tell a story about you and me. It's about something else. It's about spotting the difference between, and you know this because you are part of this story, uh, on your own, without me. There is a difference between a startup company, an enterprise that has been around for 25 years, and an enterprise that has existed for 200 years. There is a vast difference and a big chasm between them, chasm, whatever. You cannot look at every single type of company in the same way. And more to that point, that's why a lot of times I'm just, uh, let's say, averaging out uh, the, the topic that I'm going to mention now. More times than not, the startup types of companies are going to strive to have younger people. More, more times than not, as, as their employees, there's a reason for that. And bigger enterprise, let's say more mature, more long-term companies are not necessarily going to only strive to have the the younger people. They are going to uh, they are going to try to employ them as much as possible, but still based on their skill set as much as possible, while still meeting the necessary political requirements, which are annoying. Okay, but. Even from this standpoint, uh, wouldn't it be wiser for a company to make a conscious effort to get more experienced people? Because when we are talking about, uh, I was thinking about it while you were talking, and uh, it came back to me that when Google was going uh, doing the IPO, mm -hmm. so the initial public, off public offering, they explicitly got uh, told to by banks Mm -hmm. that they need adult supervision. Mm -hmm. So basically, Eric Schmidt came in because they required somebody who was older and who was wiser. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to do the IPO the way they wanted. Mm -hmm. And the explicit term was adult supervision mm -hmm. for the Google because they wanted somebody who is going to step, uh, step up and say, okay, this is the framework that we are operating in and this is going to be a stable company. This is not going to be a playground. Mm -hmm. And looking back, what is it, 20 years, 20 something years, uh, years back, this is when Google was actually creating something. Mm -hmm. When they lost both the younger uh, founders and the adult supervision, they became just another, just, just another company that has basically no guidance what to do. They are imagining that they're doing something, but if you look back 
what was the product that they actually developed in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. They bought a bunch of products, they destroyed a bunch of products, but they didn't do anything. So does a company need both uh, older and, young and wiser uh, person who is going to step into it and just say, okay, I'm do- going to bring my wisdom into the company? Or is the company just going to be uh, delegating itself to whatever is the current uh, mood of the day, how the company should be run? You know what? Uh, let's get political for a second. Oh! Yeah. Uh, I'm going to quote something that I find to be a very reasonable explanation of what you're asking. I'm not necessarily a political person. I don't care about it at all. But in this sense, I think it can be explained by, by something that um, Jordan Peterson said in one of the uh, one of the uh, public interviews that he did with a guy called uh, PBD, Patrick Bad David, okay. Valetainment, a couple of years back. He explicitly asked him the same question. I'm going to just channel him because I happen to agree with his answer. I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, of course, but this, in this specific topic, I do. There is a reason why you need balance in life between what's, uh, what's commonly referred to in politics between left and the right. In my metaphor, the left is the young Google. And in my metaphor that I'm about to explain, the adult supervision is the right. Okay? And he says almost verbatim, I can almost quote him verbatim because I find it so fascinating, very eloquently said, that there is a reason why mostly left-leaning liberal type of uh, people are inventing such an enormous amount of very creative things, which is the definition of old Google. Very new things, new search engine ads, many, many, many different things that they kind of like put on the market on a larger scale. And you can do that for a period of time because that type of thought process usually kind of like stretches the limits of what's known. Uh, AI is now that topic, actually, in a sense, because that's the same thing. It is going to have to be regulated in some way. This is the part when the adult supervision needs to come into play. Okay. Now, wait wait for me to say, say it till the end. And you can freely disagree with me, of course. Because the, the way in which that works, that's why uh, uh, a young girl, let's say more liberal people, are more inventive, creative, etc. Those are all ex- excellent traits. But they also tend to stretch the limits of what's uh, within the realms of the law versus what's not. Uber is a great example of that as well, because they stretched with the idea of their service what should be people who are employed versus who are not employed. But that's a big discussion that they used to have. It's the it's the metaphor. So, and then when the adult supervision it happened with Google, it happened with Uber as well, and many other companies. It's the same story. This is where people tend to say that the more, let's say, uh, more, how should I say, more conservative people, which is usually referred to as the right-leading people in political spectrum, should uh, take over the reins in a sense to kind of get that back into the square box of within the law. They are also able to, how uh, what uh, uh, Peterson says as, uh, you know, crossing the, the T's and dotting the I's within the realms of law, and then repeat that algorithmic, uh, algorithmically as a foundation of the formula to success. I happen to agree with that viewpoint, not because of the leftist-rightist explanation. I just happen to think that if you sub- supplement that metaphor with young inventive people, 
more mature people, so younger and adult supervision, it is completely logical. I think that you made a complete mess out of political reference, and I'm not going to go uh, comment on Jordan Peterson because the thing that I want to say is that what you are trying to describe is basically chaos against procedures and organization. Uh, a lot of startups think they're organized, but they lack organization, organization exactly and Exactly what I said. So adult supervision in this particular context doesn't mean left or right. It just means no, no, no. being it's, able to do metaphor. the business. It's a metaphor it's, okay. for that. It's not my political view. No, 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 or no, 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 it doesn't, he actually does supplement that with with uh, s- explicitly saying that that's why you need leftist and, and the uh, left and the right political spectrum because both uh, of them are equally as annoying but you need them to kind of like try to balance each other out yes in an ideal world you do but in real world that's a uh, probably a little bit missed but in any business you need organization and uh, I know. calling that adult supervision is one of one of doing it that's what you used yes but i wouldn't say that in this particular context adult supervision means only this Uh, I agree with because you. Because organization has to be there. Mm-hmm. But the mindset that comes from the older people is something that is not inherently in the organization, but it comes from people who actually have some sort of a knowledge experience. Experience, correct. Of so, doing things correctly. So I wouldn't call adult supervision in this particular context organization. Organization it needs to be there uh, without uh, with adults. It usually isn't there. Yes, and uh, there is also one more component that is uh, we are completely missing usually, and this is uh, in one of the our uh, the podcasts that we listen to the most. Uh, there was a point in one of the episodes when they said uh, for a company way before it was normal to uh, lose a million dollars per day and call it a success. So basically now we are much more inclined to uh, tolerate things that are completely unbusinesslike because Correct. Uber is basically an exercise in failure. Yes. Uh, it hasn't made a single dollar in revenue. Uh, after, There are many in profit, examples in, in profit, Sorry, yeah. it, it has revenue, but it doesn't have a profit. Mm-hmm. It is probably not going to make any profit at all. Mm-hmm. And after a while, it's going to go away. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those companies that are just there to make a uh, make a effort, uh, change the environment, change the market. Tesla, uh, Tesla, uh, a lot of gig based economy. Mm-hmm. So all the freshes, uh, foods, uh, distributions, and everything else that is on the market, that are doing the. They are doing the honest work, but they are unable to provide a framework that makes sense. That is continually be able to be successful. Yes, yeah, so the framework that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, being continually successful is something that is uh, sensible. Uh, yes, it, it's also algorithmic. Yes. So you need to make, but it is, uh, for me, it's insane to have to explain to people that uh, doing business needs to make sense from the business perspective. Of course. And today we have a lot of companies that, Uh, decide no decide yes. that the sense is what they make of it and a lot of companies are in the IT mm-hmm. and uh, probably the most uh, impressive thing for me was in the last uh, layoffs that happened in the beginning of this year uh, there were companies that were actually laying off 10% of the workforce and at the same time 
uh, accepting job applications for those uh, those jobs that uh, they were uh, letting people go off. Which is in m- most companies against the law. Yes, yes, I know, but uh, they did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that it's against the law. It's also that it's completely nonsensical. <laughs> Because what you're doing is you are completely destroying your company from within. You are losing the company organization and structure and company uh, knowledge and replacing it with new people who are intended to become new parts of the team, mm-hmm. but bring chaos into the company. And there's actually one more thing to be added there. And I'm not justifying this by any stretch of the imagination. One of the reasons why they are doing that is because they are bringing in people who cost less. Yes. Yes, and this, and is, this, this is not fine by me, but I'm just saying. This is my primary point. This is from their business perspective, which is what you were referring to. That makes sense. But their original standpoint was actually wrong. They shouldn't have hired a lot of people for too much. And they did that for a long, sustained period of time, if you're talking about Google. Everybody knows that. Uh, but uh, if we are talking about the Google, there was an information, uh, and I may be wrong, But when they did the uh, option uh, option buybacks and everything else, they spent the money that was that would actually enable them to provide for 37 years of payments to people that they laid off. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not that people were expensive. Mm-hmm. It was a business decision. Mm-hmm. It was basically a show of force, and it was basically trying to realign to whatever is going to uh, come next. Because to be completely honest, I don't see a bright future for the Google. But right now, we are not talking about Google. We are talking, are we old enough? Uh, no, we need to cover one more thing. Basically, because that's what you just said. You just didn't say it out loud. Okay. This is called the, the sickness of the capitalism, in a sense. Because at the end of the day, the capitalism is going to have to decide, is the shareholder value the only thing that matters? Or are people important as well? Because it used to be a little bit different 30, 40 years ago. Now, it's that that's why they're doing all of these things. Or is the shareholder value be all end all thing? That's the only important thing that needs to be on paper, and in real life, of course. But I think that the biggest problem is that not only we are talking about shareholder value, we are talking about short term shareholder value. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because on the in the longer term, this doesn't make sense. Of course, it Agreed. makes sense for the next six months, six months or so, or until the next uh, revenue call. Mm-hmm. And then after that, this is going to be become a big problem. You don't need me to tell you that a lot of stuff that's happening in the past 30 years has been exclusively uh, done because of the fact that people have become much more short-term, less medium and long-term. That's visible all, all the, everywhere around you. So basically, uh, to wrap things up, uh, we are saying that uh, hiring older people is short-term problem that is going to create problems in the long term and the people are going to become uh, older so less employable in the long term i'm not saying any of that okay but it's it's <laughs> it's a good try from you i like it when you try to manipulate me like that that's awesome <laughs> no for from uh, it's just um, different horses for different courses i would say in okay. a sense from my perspective uh, when i i was thinking about hiring people for my company And when I was hiring both you and our latest colleague, my first and primary uh, way of thinking was I want the people who get uh, who will get the job done. Pluses and minuses aside, because there were in both of these cases. I am not the supplement for everybody, but I know that there are there are most people in this company think about think in the same way. And by extension, I do know a lot of companies that will think in the same way. 
because they're mature enough to realize that the power of the company is the quality of the people. It's not anything else. Quality of people means quality of job done, means quality uh, that's somehow, uh, let's say, um, uh, delivered to the consumers, end users, whatever the service is, which inherently brings long-term value, which is, for me, more important than the short-term one. But that being said, there is the other way around as well. And here is where I want to discuss something that I had a discussion about with one of our students yesterday. So one of our students has been employed by the same company for 17 years. Okay. Second year student. He is right now uh, basically getting closer to his uh, uh, undergrad diploma. Okay. Next year, in a year and a half, if he does everything in accordance to the schedule, he should have no problem with graduating and be happy about that. And he tells me that even with that, even with some of the certifications that are part of our program, which is he's going to attend, most of them he's probably going to pass because he's he's okay. He's getting better, better every single day. And I've watched him for 15 years now getting better. And he still says that his value set is set in accordance to what the company that he works for for 17 years set it to. And that set is actually quite low in terms of salary. And I tell him, that's cool. It's I like people who are very, very persistent about being a part of the same company. Basically being very, how should I, how should you say, very, uh, what's loyal. the word? Loyal, loyal to the company. I like that a lot. I, on the other hand, I dislike job hopping all the way too much. A lot of people do that. My personal preference is not to job hop or to hire people who are job hoppers for obvious reasons. I don't have the time for that. But his uh, his his mindset is uh, and his uh, value of the let's say his value system in business is set around the values of that company, which doesn't offer salaries that are always uh, like very big. And at the same time, he told me yesterday that his colleague who just landed a new job has roughly 50% larger, you know, salary than he does. And he's like, don't you think that that's too big? And my answer to him was, no, it isn't. It's you who is in the wrong, not because you are loyal to the company. That's good. And I work for that company. I like them a lot. I've been working for them for forever. But it's actually the discrepancy between what his little bubble is versus what's happening in the world, especially after the COVID era. Because that kind of uh, significantly changed the way in which people work. Translation, a lot of them want to work remotely. And B, uh, the, the stagnation of the, of the salaries, especially in, in our country. I think that we can definitely say that in IT specifically, the salaries went way, way more, way, became way bigger. I think that one of the things that has changed, and this is a big thing, and this is a thing that actually needs to be said, is that a lot of people in the IT uh, became aware that they, that they are able to negotiate the salary during the COVID era. Correct. And the reason was because they weren't showing up uh, every day at work. They were able to talk to other people who are actually working from home. They didn't have anything else to talk to or talk about, so they were talking about salaries, they're talking about compensation and everything else. And they suddenly realized that they're able to say, okay, you need me, 
now it's the worst time for you to lose a, a company employee. So we need to negotiate the salary. Mm-hmm. Because when it comes to salaries, uh, I hate when... For, we... some, for some reason, it's a taboo subject. No, no, no. Uh, for a lot of people. I don't care. Uh, okay, because a lot of companies think that uh, if people talk about salaries, they're going to notice that they're not being pay, uh, paid enough. And from my perspective, okay. is I, when I work for somebody, I negotiate my salary. And I don't care what you get for what you do. I know that I want to feel better or uh, good with what I'm being compensated for and how much I'm being compensated for. Mm-hmm. So I don't care what your salary is. I care about my salary. And I care I about- I do too. I care about, uh, so because you need me, but this is completely- No, it's not because I need Yes, you. but uh, I'm joking. But the problem is that- I do, but it's not the I need. I need to be happy with my salary. Mm. And I don't want to be mad or I cannot be mad to other people for making better or making worse than me because it's, I don't care about them. Their, no, salary, is, their salary is not important to me. So if you are able to uh, negotiate your salary to be a million dollars, whatever. Mm-hmm. Power, power to you. you. Power yeah, to you, yes. I agree. But I don't care because if you are getting a million dollars and I negotiate it for, I don't know, a dollar, Basically, it's not you who made the mistake. I made the mistake. So mm-hmm. I should be jealous. I, I should agree. Be, I should be just uh, considering myself stupid. And this is... No, the, it's not stupid. It's just that you're not as good as a negotiator and you really need okay, to learn okay, more about it. Okay, but when it comes to uh, six orders of magnitude, the uh, difference in salary, I would call myself stupid then. Okay, uh, you're free to do that. Yes, but uh, whatever we are talking about here is just the salary itself is not... Uh, the only part The, the of, only yeah, thing about agreed. this... Because after 17 years in a company, he either is unable to move on. Mm-mm. It's not that. Or he's comfortable. Or he's happy. He's, no, no, no. He's comfortable. See, he's comfortable. Uh, because uh, it's complacency. Complacency, yes. He's completely, I, he's completely happy in the environment he is in. He doesn't he want doesn't to. doesn't see outside the no, bubble no, no, at he, all. He, he doesn't he, see himself out. He sees the bubble. He sees the problems. But he also sees that he needs to change everything in his life. Mm-hmm. So he's going to lose the uh, the company car. He's going to need to change the company car. He's going to need to change the uh, the, the revenue. He's going to do uh, renegotiate probably part of his credit line and so on and so on. So this makes him uh, uneasy of continuing and doing uh, uh, looking for a job. And after all that, basically, if he doesn't do anything, he's more or less okay off. So he he's not well off, but he's okay. Everything is going to work fine. Yeah, I understand that. And I told him that I'm perfectly happy with, with his opinion about his life. But I also have a different overview of that. Not because I'm aware of the bubble outside of his bubble. It's not only that. That's just small peanuts of a reason. It's actually something else. And I think that you're going to also probably agree with this. Uh, as you gain more skills, as you gain more knowledge, your attitude towards uh, not only yourself, but also, and not only to your job, your attitude towards the world should change. Because with wisdom and knowledge comes responsibility. If you are unwilling to take it, then you are going to get uh, complacent and stand at the same pl- place for 17 years. It's a metaphor, of course. My problem with that is that if you do not strive to go forward, 
it doesn't have to be salary-wise. It can be knowledge-wise. It can be skills-wise. There are so many things you can learn. There are things that you can learn outside of the job as well. It doesn't have to be just job skills. It doesn't have to be IT. For me, it's basically disrespectful to your parents, to yourself, to the world, to whatever kind of deity you believe in, if you do. If you are happy with being your average self without trying to better yourself. That's my code. You know that it's true. Yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm not applying that as a mandatory thing for him, for you, or for anybody else. I'm applying that to myself. And I can only say this. Because I apply it to myself, if somebody is happy with that, that's cool. If if somebody isn't, that's also perfectly okay. I understand the complacency of comfortable living in a stable situation that he has. I understand it completely. We used to, we used to have that. But for me, that's not the be-all end-all goal, nor should it be. It, and it can be different for anybody, of course. But let's go back into the history Do you remember the uh, Unix, uh, the difference between the, uh, there was a list of differences between a new Linux, Unix user, uh, normal Linux user or Unix user, uh, expert Linux user, and then the wizard, uh, Unix wizard. Do you remember this kind of comparison? I vaguely do. Yes, 25 so ba- years ago. Basically, uh, the different, main difference between an expert and a wizard was that expert was completely able to do anything in the, regarding security and reconfiguration and everything else and he was eager to do it and the unix wizard was also able to do everything else but why bother mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically what they are trying to say and what they were trying to say back then it was 40 years ago uh, that is that with knowledge comes the understanding that you don't need to do everything oh i agree and this is this is one of the things that people are missing mm-hmm. uh, people think that people who have much more experience are lazy But sometimes it's just the waiting that helps them uh, doing uh, the job the way it should be done. Mm-hmm. And understanding this is a big problem. Agreed. No, And, no argue for me. So I think that being complacent is part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And people who are being complacent stop at the level that they don't understand when to wait. And waiting when sh- you shouldn't be waiting shows a lack of experience. Yes, but my my thought process also has a comma after that and a continuation of that sentence, which, which should go along the lines of if you become complacent and don't want to move forward, which can be a result of age, it can be sickness of some kind as well. So there might be real reasons behind that. Um, in his case, he's still rather young, so there is no reason there. He's just complacency and part laziness, but it's also, uh, um, uh, you, you kind of touched on that, but you didn't put a word on it or a mark. It's fear. It's fe- fear of the unknown. But here's the kicker. There is no way to get, to, to kind of like move forward with your life, to go to the next level, to learn more, to get more out of yourself if you don't go out of your comfort zone. That's a universal thing that's always been there. It's, it is like that. I don't know. It, uh, when I started, uh, I, let me use an example. When I started playing guitar, I sucked at it. You know, it, it was one summer when I was still in high school. I kicked ass at piano, but guitar was a new thing for me. Yeah, well, I t- took a guitar and played it for two weeks straight, 20 hours a day. Everybody, I, I was on this 
um, with my ex-sport club. We were at the seaside for two weeks. They had their own stuff that they were doing. I kind of joined them as well. But I was just like, until I became better at it and better and better and better and better and better for many, many years. That's that's the algorithm that I always discuss with both you and my and our students as well because what experience has taught me and now I'm talking specifically from the students' perspective for a second. You know this because uh, I told you about this story. Three or four years ago, we had a student who recently we employed with one of our partner companies who uh, after the lecture that I gave on Thursday uh, evening at 10 p.m told me the following, quoting, but professor, how do you expect me to better myself when I cannot compare to you because you already have, I don't know, 20,000 hours in storage and networking and virtualization? That's the loser mentality. I told him that straight to to his face. I was like, there is no way that you're going to get to the level of you, me, whatever. It doesn't really matter what the benchmark is. That's less important. Unless you stop complaining and start working on it. Okay, you have this uh, amazing personality trait uh, of talking to people like this. I would just say, how do I, you get... Abrasive. I didn't say... <laughs> I, I, I did say that but off, 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 the, off the mic. Uh, but it's for their for their own, uh, um, let's say, benefit. I don't think that uh, tough love is the way to go. It, it is. is. I don't think so. I think this uh, deep, uh, unsettling sarcasm is the way to go. But, uh, because oh, used, we use that as well, yes. <laughs> yes, I, I use this. Because I don't want to t- talk people down and just say, okay... Uh, but that's not talking down. No, no, no. I'm, I'm more more of a guy who talks from uh, from the void and says, okay, you don't want to be here with you me. You are the voice that they're hearing in their heads. Yes, you don't want <laughs> yeah. to be here with me because I understand how the void works. Yeah. And you can come back to uh, consult, consult with me if you want to see the void. But don't be here be better and uh, this is one of the things i'm just uh, making joke here but the point is uh no, that but that, that's real that's actually our good cup bad cup routine which includes a third member of the team that's not in our department but that's that's tough love in different ways for their own benefit i think that a lot of people uh need to understand that the way to better themselves is uh not counting how many hours did you invest correct but starting to invest their own hours Correct. You don't look at anybody about, uh, uh, beside yourself and you just work on embedding yourself Yes, as and, the goal. And choo- please try to choose your battles. So if you suck at music, mm-hmm. avoid the disappointments. Uh, try to avoid music. Uh, yeah, there, there's, of course, you're completely correct. There's, there are things that you are able to do with more or less effort and there are things that you just cannot do. I cannot... Uh, let's say draw things for the life of me but i can play anything you put in my hands with just give me a couple of days or hours i'm just going to say that uh i'm completely unable to write down anything because uh, my uh handwriting has become so illegible that i have absolutely no idea what i am writing down and this is strictly because of lack of uh practice but that makes you my perfect employee this makes me basically a doctor in the way that I'm uh, I'm writing down things. So yes. n- nobody can nobody can see uh, what I wrote down, and I can claim that everything is basically what I wanted to be because it was written down by me. So as long as you can take your tablet, yes, uh, project uh, a picture that contains a couple of uh, squares and a circle and a triangle and whatnot, and explain what uh, our students need to learn, 
you are a good employee. Okay. I'm simplifying it very much, but it's it's a metaphor of what what I wanted to actually say, which is that it doesn't really matter how old you are. It shouldn't matter. It's it is. It, I know that it does. I'm aware of the fact. I know that society doesn't work in my idealistic terms in, uh, in with regards to the topic that we're discussing. But I would also argue that you could logically prove that 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 uh, the society has that wrong. And to wrap this thing up, I can say half jokingly that the result of the discussion that took us uh, basically a better part of an hour uh, is that you uh, we can say that. Uh, a lot of IT departments and a lot of IT companies do actually uh, dislike people who are older because they have uh, ingrained themselves with uh, different perspectives on why they shouldn't hire older people. But at the same time, I'm a good employee here. So I'm, 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 I'm happy I'm, with your conclusion, but there's something to add. Yes, yes, no, this, I know there this is, is because changing this, because I'm, I'm, I'm joking. No, you're, you're correct at why uh, you're joking. Because I, it, uh, uh, A, I'm not that old. You are not that old, yeah. hopefully, uh, because somebody can consider us as ancient. Yeah, we know what Cobol Relics. is. We know what Cobol is. Yes, we remember Linux. Oh, I, be, I remember CPM. Don't go we, get me we started. We remember Solaris be, uh, before Linux. So we remember things that uh, should they shouldn't be remembered. Don't. Uh, we uh, we actually remember that uh, HP had their own uh, operating system. Yeah. So we are that old. And this is the thing that we are trying to uh, get across to our students. We know we, how... we are well versed. <laughs> you you can call, call it that way if uh, you want to massage the truth. Uh, aged, 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 aged well, yes, aged like well, guitars, yes, like yes. wine, uh, like mold. Uh, and and, and, <laughs> and anyway, that's awesome. Anyways, uh, there's one more thing that we yes. need to add to this. I agree with you with with the, uh, with your conclusion that companies have a problem with uh, hiring older people because that's self-evident. It doesn't need to be proven. That's like, you know, like a postulate or something. But I would also uh, be extremely insensitive to the truth if I didn't uh, also mention that that's changing. I see uh, examples of that everywhere I go, not only in our local piece of Wonderland where we live, uh, where we are living right now, I can see that uh, also with uh, in regards to the, our colleagues and students uh, that are living abroad, and especially from the pool of students that I did specialist education with VMware, Microsoft, Red Hat, whatever, for the past almost 20 years or so, most of them are telling me also that um, because some of the things changed, the, the, the way in which employers are employing people are changing, and the... Uh, of what you called uh, was basically the uh, how did you call it uh, the um, what was the term for what this this what towards the to the older people what's the word uh, discrimination discrimination yes. okay this discrimination towards the older people th- this is uh, slowly too slowly for my taste going away because there is a fundamental market reason why there is no people you you don't have anybody anybody to hire in most of the countries if you look at uh, this is the part of non political but still economical part of the story 
if you look at USA, if you look at European Union, Germany, UK. Population is getting older. Population is getting older. While at the same ti- uh, time, we uh, the uh, human society is, uh, so in terms of the birth rates, they are getting smaller. Mathematics of that is very clear. And also, if you completely discount that and just look at the current job market and the people that are there, there isn't enough skilled workers that you can employ anywhere in the world. So yes. that's fundamentally changing the market dynamic in terms of whether or not companies are willing to even accept the thought of uh, employing older people. I'm just going to say that from my perspective of the person who is two thirds there, uh, I have one third to go. You'll so, third. So this is so this is completely fine. Yes. Because uh, I don't feel threatened. But as I said, both you and me, we are outliers. Uh, and we're th- lucky. And I think mm, we are outliers. Because Still our lucky. skill set, our skills get okay. Uh, uh, being uh, born at the place at the time that we were born now, and uh, with the skill set that we have, it's also considered lucky. Yes. But the other thing is that uh, we can say with probably one hundred percent precision that uh, having a drive, learning every day, and making yourself better every day is something that is going to uh, land you a job any time of the year. Uh, in, regardless of uh, how old are you? We were just talking earlier uh, about a topic for a course that we are doing together. I can tell you that on Tuesday of this week, I spent four hours preparing for the lecture that I was supposed to give in the evening, although I did that lecture previously last year, and I really know the stuff about it because I read a lot about it and uh, did a lot of work on it as well. So, yeah, as long as you have the drive you're at the correct place. If you don't, then you should look for something else. It goes for you and me as well. Yes, but this goes for every job. I agree, completely. Because uh, if you don't have that the, the, the drive to go forward... Or the drive to just be current at what you are. Because sometimes, sometimes going forward is just being the best person in the particular thing that you do. You are so correct on that one. Uh, actually, uh, the I going would... forward part is the problem in uh, a lot of jobs because people say, I'm not going forward because they are not advancing in the company's uh, structure. And although they could be getting better, getting better paid and uh, everything else, they say, okay, if I'm not becoming a manager, I'm not going to go forward. Okay. Everybody has a right to their own opinion about that. I'm completely of different thought process to that. I don't care about that whatsoever. But you hit the nail on the head. There's actually another aspect which is becoming increasingly more difficult, uh, especially in our jobs and in a lot of jobs that are related to IT as well, by extension, because by no means are we the only people who are certified in some technologies. Keeping your certifications current, aka keeping your knowledge current, if you have a lot of certi- uh, topics that you are very interested in, if you're certified in a lot of technologies, etc., is very difficult. You can become a full-time job. Uh, for a lot of people, it, uh, it, it kind is. of this. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Hence the reason, uh, again, going back to something that we discussed previously, my way of thinking, at least one of the vendors, VMware specifically, um, that's the reason why I like doing their classes so much, because uh, as I get upskilled for doing the class, I don't have to do a lot of the certifications, which is, for, from my perspective, very fair as well, because I don't have to waste time on that, already knowing a lot about the older versions, doing the lectures for the past, I don't know, 10, 11 years about that technology. Some other vendors think differently. I'm not judging them. I'm not being 
plus or minus about that. It's just more difficult. Recently, I had to attend some certifications because they were expiring, and it was annoying as hell. Uh, I know because I'm in the same in the same, same uh, boat. boat. Uh, I have the same problem. Uh, I need to recertify myself in the next couple of weeks uh, for a couple and of certify some more stuff. Yes. Yes. So. I know what you're talking about, but uh, this, this is not our just our no. You know, it's, it's, fight. it's just it's general IT people. But stuff. I think that this is just the price of doing this work. So yeah. I don't, I don't mind this, uh, but I can see that there are people uh, because, uh, for example, I know uh, a person who was with me in one of the trainings, who had seventeen uh, current uh, certifications in Red Hat. Mm-hmm. This basically means that uh, he's recertifying all the all the time. Uh, he had to uh, go to a recertification, um, either a recertification training or a recertification exam, every couple of weeks, mm-hmm. because he couldn't do it otherwise. That's insane. Uh, yes, and I was talking to him and said, and I said to him, uh, there are ways to go around this. Become a certified instructor. Become a certified uh, examiner. Yeah, there are do, do something. And he said, oh, I haven't thought of this. It's much easier to recertify. And he, It's not. Yes, and this was, the, this was my uh, take on it. No, it's not. You're wasting a lot of time and money because you want to be certified. So It can also be related to ego, you know? Yes, 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 yes. He I, was, I let that go, luckily. He he was a trainer, but he would he actually liked the idea of be, uh, be, uh, being a person with the highest number of current certifications in any given training. And it, it is just, what it is. It is just what people are. Yeah. So I'm, I'm completely fine with this. And let's kind of end it on the positive note. And I told this story in one of the previous podcasts, but uh, I would like to think that this is a positive and engaging and at the same time very, uh, kind of a productive story for our readers. Um, some seven or eight years ago, I had uh, I did a Red Hat training, uh, two two courses, for a guy who was sixty two or three years old. Okay. One week, first training. The second week, next training. Two weeks after that, he uh, I was the examiner on the exam that he attended, passed it with flying colors. Yes, you you told it. Yes. Yes. Uh, but the metaphor and the, the kind of like the the, the 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 result of this story that we need to take into account is um, if you want to learn, it's never too late. Yes, age is just a number. It is. It's the number that you decide on. So basically, if you I feel- signed in for a PhD after the age of forty, everybody that are attending PhD right now in my college are twenty five, six, seven, eight years old. Like ninety percent of them. Uh, not for glorifying anything. It's just the age difference is staggering. Yes, but I don't think that uh, for any kind of knowledge, uh, the age difference is the problem. It's that, not. I'm just saying that. But I, I, any, think, any... I think that there is also a knowledge problem mm-hmm. because there is a knowledge gap between you and, uh, and them uh, that is quite large. I'm not even contemplating this. Y- yes, but, but yeah. uh, they are also not contemplating this, And but you should be contemplating this. And you should be aware that uh, a person who has much more experience and getting his PhD later mm-hmm. is basically able to... F- fine-tune his interest in the part that he's going to be probably uh, most useful at. 
So your PhD makes much more sense than the PhD for a person uh, who is uh, much younger than you, for me, mm -hmm. because I know that you understand what you want to try to learn mm -hmm. and you're going to hone your, your knowledge in this. And uh, getting a PhD earlier in general, I think would be uh, a problem that is going to manifest itself as a person who doesn't know what he wants to do. Generally speaking, you're correct. And I would add another note to that, which is that for me, uh, that step is probably way easier than for them. Yes. Because, yes. You know, because years of experience, and, years of working on, on the topics. And that hundreds of exams. Yeah, and exams and thousands of hours and whatnot. Yeah, I understand that completely. I'm I'm not trying to judge them. I'm not the one who should. That's why I'm not. You contemplated this. I didn't. Like yes, I okay. said. Okay, okay. Just I, I'm I'm generally speaking, I'm not very inclined to do those things. I'm I have no I have no problem trying to call it like it is because me neither. A, a PhD by itself is an incredible feat. Uh, in order, to, it, not anymore so much. It used to be much more valuable than. What it still it is. is an incredible feat because okay. the problem is that uh, the amount of knowledge that you need is so vast that you are making a small, 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 small dent in the, in the general knowledge, even if you are tr really trying. So, uh, in order to get there, you need to make a conscious effort to ignore that you are just making, making a small dent. Hmm. And a lot of people who were doing the PhD uh, back way then uh, felt like they were doing a big thing. Now you're doing a big thing that is complicated, but at the same time you're making a big dent, a small dent. So this is a thing that I feel about people who take PhD. But at the same time, I think that it should be noted that having much more experience makes you probably a, th a person who is going to make the most out of his PhD. And you are probably going to uh, take your PhD as an opportunity to learn something something new, not to make the status quo something <laughs> that is there. Oh, thank you for noticing that uh, or saying that, not noticing because you couldn't. I made my life so much more difficult uh, by attending this PhD because I selected the courses on purpose that were really complicated. Some of them, not all of them. Some of them were very easy because I know practically everything there is to, uh, about it or most of it. But some of them were really challenging. And I selected them on purpose, just like I selected the, the, the faculty that I'm going to attend PhD on, which is very demanding. But that's my conscious decision because uh, that's my version of fun. Yes, we know. We know. Yeah, I'm crazy, I know. No, it's no, we, I'm not going to go crazy. Intellectually challenged. Uh, I would call that complacency divergent. <laughs> oh, you should work in marketing, man. You should be the digital marketing. That's your thing. So with complacency divergent people around me, uh, let's call this thing... Uh, and the people who uh, piss me off constantly around me as well. Yes, so <laughs> let's call this thing done and say, uh, we said what we said, we are not sorry. And uh, see you next time and uh, talk to you next time. Yeah, see ya. Bye.